0: Hello and welcome to the Inner Gamer episode one seventy two. We are your weekly dose of video game news, reviews, opinions, and discussions made for and by our listeners. My name is Brett Yanoski Aloha.
1: Hey, Brett. Hey. Welcome back from uh, that one place you went to, where, Oahu. Yeah, where people are dying from the fumes and the no, that's magma, that's lava. That's a oh. big island. Oh,
0: my bad, my bad. Yeah, it's so funny because like I had so many people like, oh, you're gonna go to Hawaii, you're gonna get hit by lava and stuff like that. I'm like, dude, it's three hundred miles away. Like, literally so far. So, it's fine. But it would be your luck that you got hit by lava. Yeah, it would be my luck. That'd be pretty shitty. Yeah. Thank God, God it, like it was that. not your luck this time. Yeah.
1: Anyway, I'm awesome Morales, and this week on The Inner Gamer, I talk about Detroit Become Human, my little preview of it, of the three, four hours that I got to play. Did you become human? I'm already human, so... I beat this Are game sure? before it came out. Yes, I am. Really? I think. Who knows? But in gaming news, <laughs> we have Fortnite gets a hundred million from Epic for e- an esports push, and Rocket League gets Salty Shores, which is a new <laughs> DLC map that's coming out, and much, much more. And and our discussion topic: Battlefield Five. Dun dun, dun, all the details, dun, dun. all the new game-changing dun, 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 features, dun, dun, dun. right here for dun, you, dun, our fans, dun, dun. on the New Gamer Podcast. Stay tuned and cue the music. <laughs>
0: It is May 29th, 2018. Welcome to the Gamer Podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, we'd love for you to support us on Patreon. For as little as $12 a year, you can make this podcast better, and we'll give you some goodies along the way. Before we jump into video games, we want to make a quick announcement. Um, if you guys have been wondering where Devin and Luis have been, they have been absent because they have decided to pursue other projects that they want to work on so they're uh devin's taking a break from the podcast he is going to have a final send-off episode with us louise is taking a break to work on some other projects he hasn't been doing as much gaming anymore so he's kind of getting into some photography he's doing some really cool stuff so if you want to check him out he's at i think louise.m.gnz on instagram G O N Z. believe is it Gons? G- i think it's Gons. okay yeah, Can I look
1: it up real quick. Yeah, look
0: it up real quick because I want to, I want to, I want to put that put that out there. But he got a new camera and stuff, so he's going out doing some photography. He's working on some other projects and things like that. So, uh, they're they're taking a break from the podcast, um, possibly indefinitely. But that's where we are with everything. So you'll be hearing a lot more of me and Austin. Yeah. Um, the two, the tried two, tried and true. I know, I know you love hearing my voice. Austin, I'm sure you're like, eh, it's well, okay. But even obviously. I don't like hearing my voice. <laughs> no, so you can follow Luis on
1: Instagram at luis.m.gnz. Okay, that's what I was So thinking. go check him out. Yeah, he's got some cool pictures he's been throwing up there. He's been He's getting photography now. Before you know it,
0: he'll be a millionaire photographer. Yeah. And Devin's just taking a break just to like focus on life and things like that so it's hard working on a podcast because it takes up a lot of time that is why we need you our lovely listeners to help support us on patreon so we can help fund this project to keep it going and keep it running and everything so there was four and now there's only two there was four now there's only two well yeah it's like yeah yeah there's there was four now there's only two but it's okay it's, there was there's, three then there was four on the horizon it's gonna there's, be lovely and beautiful, and there's gonna be rainbows and sparkles and unicorns. This is unimportant, but I feel like I just want to say it. There was three, there was two, then there was three again, and then there was four, and now there's two again. What has happened? I'm to so us? confused. It's okay. That's, that's no so, matter. It's like I the Radiohead matter. song where it's right? called 2 plus Plus Two Equals 5. Oh yeah, and it's like it doesn't really make sense why two plus two equals five, but it does. What also doesn't make sense is the next game that we're about to talk about, which is Detroit Become Human, which is all about androids that are treated as if they're humans. lesser people and humans. It's a weird thing. So this is a Detroit Become Human just came out like last week. It's a game by David Cage and his team. They did Heavy Rain. They did Beyond Two Souls. And uh, this game has branching narratives beyond belief. And Austin, you've played several hours of it.
1: Yeah, I got to dive in. I didn't know if I'd have enough time to actually... Have enough game time to actually talk about this, but I feel like I've gotten into the story enough. I'm still around the first act, maybe jumped into the second story
0: enough because there's like 10,000 stories. Yes, that's true. That's true. So, oh, yeah, it it
1: tells the story of three characters, and I will promptly find their names. One of them is Kara, which is a woman looking android who does housework, then you have Connor, who is a prototype.
0: Police Android, who is really good at solving mysteries. Who the voice actor of Connor follows us on Twitter. So shout out to the voice actor of Connor.
1: Yeah, cool guy, man. Uh, I like your character. Your character's awesome. I, I don't. I, I I find it very fascinating when people actually have to act like an Android. Yeah. Because like, how do you get in that mindset? Like, what do you do? Do you just act calm all the time? Like mentally. Like, where do you put
0: yourself to become an Android?
1: And that's just questions I have.
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel like the speech is probably more proper, but then it's not as much because, like, if you look at what's, what like Google Voices or Google is trying to do with uh, OK Google, and if you look at what Siri is about to announce their new updates to Siri next week. Right. So there's going to be big pushes to that. They're trying to make the language more natural and conversational. So,
1: but it's, how do you program that? Because there's a million different things. When we say something, there's a million thoughts. You know, hypothetically, a million right. thoughts behind that phrase, speech, word, whatever you're saying. Like, there's passion, there's emotion, and a robot is just like I'm saying this this way, and I'm saying this that way. Yeah, like, how do you
0: change your tone of voice? Because, like, saying to match saying like emotion. I I do not like um, this game. Is could be taken one way, but then if you say i do not like this game is a totally different tone (laughs) based on the way you say it right so i don't know how they 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 program that stuff but i know what they are doing is they're working on looking for different um voice cues and things of that nature like they're basically looking at they have like a mind map of different things where they say okay they they took out they they pull out keywords of like they they said this they said this they said this phrase and then analyzing the context of that using actually the same technology they're using to enhance their search engine. Right. So they're learning how to enhance mm. their search engine to natural language searches. Right. So people used to search for very specific things because that's all the search engine could understand. So, like, if you wanted to find this local buzz beer that you're drinking, you would search for local buzz craft Not beer. Not sponsored. Not sponsored. Yeah. You would search for like local buzz craft beer. But then now you can search for. Uh, golden ale made in Dallas and that query and then local buzz would show up. It would understand right. the type of context of your message that you're saying and they'll use that to give you the right type of information. So the androids do that the same way. But yeah, like in terms of tonality, I'm not sure how that, that all can come into play from an actor's perspective. It's just it's right. weird. But right. I feel like you have a lot of flexibility with it. Um, I, mean, I, I think a lot of it is just making sure that in your mindset, well, I guess not even with this. Cause I was like in your mindset, a lot of times like androids are serving the human right, in a exactly. way like with uh, her, you know, the movie her with Joaquin Phoenix and stuff like that. And Scarlett Johansson, like she was serving her person. But in this show, that's not always the case or in this game, it's not always the case, right? Like these androids are their own independent. They are part of us and mm, they, right. androids are, Connor is on the police force just like, a human would be right so exactly how does that how does that um dynamic change the pace of the game like like have you played through much of any of connor's yeah story?
1: yeah yeah so it switches off switches between the three and the third character is marcus who is a caretaker uh for this famous painter he's the one that's going
0: to be like the, he's the guy uh, who becomes a revolutionary, the revolutionary yeah, yeah. yeah
1: so um so far i i I enjoy the game. I, I enjoy the story. I like... I mean, I, I'm more into sci-fi kind of stories like this. Uh, it plays very much like a telltale game. A lot of quick time action events. Some to the degree which I feel like they just threw some stuff in there in order just to give people more to do within the game. and so like lo- it feel not, more gamey? Yeah, and not so... Like movie you know like sometimes it can be in, in some of these games um now i didn't play heavy rain and i don't know how that was but i feel like some uh, of the stuff you, you did do, you didn't play i heavy did rain. not play okay. heavy rain gotcha. i didn't have a playstation 3 i kind of missed that that era which i feel really feel really shitty about i wish you i got it's available
0: it. now on playstation now or something like that
1: probably it probably yeah. is i know it was like making a comeback i don't know if they remastered it or not or they, no, just have they it out never there. remastered okay. it
0: but They brought it out for. I think you can get on PlayStation Four now through like one of their services. Right, right.
1: So like after you get through some of these quick time events, I feel like they they should just let the scene play out because it's for me it's very distracting. Like I just want to see what's going to happen. Like I'm very interested in the story, the characters, where everything's going, the plot points, you know, the climaxes, the building these characters up. And and I think the first scene, which I won't spoil, is a very good intro to this game. But I feel like it kind of loses its pace jumping from character to character because you do like, um, let's just say you do a scene. You know, it's like maybe 10 minutes a scene. And uh, you just go from one character to the next and you find out where once you fit, complete that sequence of events, it pops up to like a tree of all the possible outcomes and things you can accomplish. And it shows you what you hit, what you missed, but it doesn't tell you what you miss. It just says like you you didn't hit this and it shows like how the tree expands. So every time you complete these scenes... For each character it shows that tree expanding expanding
0: expanding so I I heard I was listening to a podcast where they were talking about how they didn't like that feature because they felt that it took away some of the mystery and intrigue of like you creating this story and instead it's showing you that it, it reminds you that this is a story that you're not creating this is a story that was planned out for you in some way based on the choices you're making right
1: and again this is another God of War has spoiled me or ruin me. I don't know. You you decide how it just it stops the flow of action, and that now for me is is huge when because like pacing. I think I think there's a major pacing issue here with with this game. How God of War allowed you to flow from one scene to the next, from one you know point of action to the next, from from cutscene to to action. It was just perfect. And this is just like okay, all the stuff happens, and then cut all the stuff happens, cut. Same thing when we talk about uh, um, uh, um, days gone, like watching that gameplay. Uh, if you haven't, go check it out; it's pretty cool. But you go from cutscene, black screen to, to gameplay. It's just like, oh, I feel like we're living in like you know the early nineties or like they, early
0: 2000s. thousand. I'm surprised they don't have a seamless transition though, you think? because yeah, yeah, because it is all. I mean. Your movement, I, f- I feel like that game warrants itself to transition from cutscene to gameplay pretty seamlessly. Right. Um, it does not. It does not. But it, it doesn't from, do that.
1: From like cut to cut it does because obviously it cuts from, um, you know, as the action starts to pick up, you know, the camera angle changes in order to fit what's going on, which is really, which is nice. But I mean, I think we see that pretty much in most games. Uh, in most games that are like this. I don't want to say most games because most games like you know third person or first person,
0: or whatever. So there's so, that. So on on the gameplay side of things, like like let's go through a scenario of like one scene or whatever. You're you're right. playing the game. There you're watching a cutscene ultimately, right. and there's probably moments in which it like a a dialogue piece rolls out, and then it prompts you like pick an option and then you pick an option and then that continues the story triage. And then sometimes how often does it like break off to you have full control of the character and can move around in the world and do stuff versus it just being, here's a bunch of cutscenes and then every once in a while right. pop-ups of dialogue trees. And right. are there any points where it's actual quick time events where you have to react quickly by pressing a button to, progress in action forward. So questions there,
1: but more or less. uh, And when I say scene, it's it's really a level. That's basically what it is. So each level uh, for each character, more or less starts off with a cutscene. You kind of figure out what's going on. And then from there it goes into exploratory mode. And when I say exploratory mode, I mean, you get free room, you can walk around, you can do stuff. Um, They do have a detective vision, quote unquote, where you,
0: for all characters or just all characters. Conor? Yeah, okay. you
1: click uh, the right trigger and it shows you areas or places in the scene uh, or the environment that you can interact with. And, yeah, you know, as car when you first show up to the house cutscene, you walk inside and then the um, the owner of Kara is like, "Hey, clean the house." So you have to do the detective mode. It shows you what you can clean, and you go over there, and then you begin cleaning, and you complete these tasks, and then you know go on to the next cutscene, and it just kind of drives the stuff forward, which is. More or less, I don't know if that's really good for overall for the for the story because all these characters are basically you know slaves. So I
0: mean, it's not slaves, but like
1: they have to the complete tasks that no one wants to do. So like yeah. you feel like you're doing work, but obviously you want to see what's going to happen because there's a lot more down the line. I assume that hasn't taken place. I haven't obviously beat it. So,
0: but those so those those moments where you're free roaming and stuff like that, they're similar to telltale on that like you have an area you can go do something with and you just walk up to it and like press a right or right. press X and right. it does something like there's no, there's no combat or there's nothing like related to that. Um, it's just the
1: combat is all quick time events.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: So yeah, there's no like, you know, you don't get behind cover and shoot. Reload stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Throw grenades, so it's planned for uh, you. More yeah, or less. yeah, basically, which is which is cool to the degree. If this is the kind of game you like. You know, it's nice. It's very yeah. cinematic. You know, but obviously the pacing again is is the issue here for me. Um, oh man, I had a thought and I th- lost it. Something about combat. What did you bring? What was your question again?
0: It was about like, is there is there any oh, right, advanced right. combat besides just pressing X?
1: So what really threw me through a loop is yes, we're very familiar with hitting, you know. The, the 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 number pad or not the number pad the you know X circle square triangle
0: pressing something to respond to that but when you, scenario
1: yeah for the most part that's what it is for the quick time events but when you're going and interacting with objects you have to use the right joystick so some objects make you click down on the joystick and some others make you <laughs> click over to one the left or right and then do a circle and when I started off the first scene is very time oriented so you have to collect as many clues as possible in order to complete this task. And already I was like, holy shit, I can't pick this thing up. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, it doesn't tell you right off the bat what you should do. So it took me like, I had to skip some stuff. Luckily, I passed. Well, I say passed. I I completed the mission the way I wanted it to be completed. But like, that kind of, there's like that barrier of entry, which you're not... I wasn't used to that. I don't know any games that have used the right joystick to, in different directions in order to make it actually work. Yeah. For like interaction.
0: Usually just you click it, you know, and you. So, so the gameplay is very much like Telltale kind of stuff. The graphics are good, I'm awesome. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. The graphics are great. So, like, from a story standpoint, how how good is the world building? Like how, how do they, how well do they sell this world of these androids interacting with this, this space? I heard there's parts where like, you know, when androids get onto a bus, like they have to go to the back of the bus, like, like slaves back or not slaves, but like back before segregation, like, you know, segregation and stuff like that. Right,
1: Right. Um, so they actually do, they, they do it good. and, they do a good thing to do a bad thing. Good thing is, as you walk around the world, sometimes there's these uh, magazines that you can pick up, and they're futuristic magazines. So it's yeah. kind of like it's kind of like an iPad, right? But you can it gives you it gives you two stories, and you can read these stories, and it kind of shows you how the world is right now. Like one, several were about sports, about baseball and uh, football, and how they're starting to use androids and that to kind of change the game up. And obviously, it's like oh, some people like it, some people don't and then it just kind of goes through that um, another fascinating one was about uh, dra- uh, driverless cars and how they decide how they kill people so if two people step out in front of them and they need to swerve but they have to take one person out apparently they in uh, you know nanoseconds they figure out who the two people are their backgrounds if one's a doctor they'll kill the other one but if one has a ch- children and a family you know they'll go they'll decided to take out the other person. I was like, well, that's really cool to like kind of dive in like the people who thought of this game really do- dove into like what it would be like to
0: live in that world. They do the research. Yeah. Cause that's, that's one of the things that people right. are talking complain, like worrying about right now is that the morality of with driverless cars. Like if you see, if the car is heading towards a person mm-hmm. and if it decides to swerve it's if it misses that person then there's it's going to hit 10 other people like right. what would you do like right, that's right. a human reaction that right. is based on you know snap judgment right. not logic or reason necessarily yeah,
1: exactly and so i thought that was really interesting like to to dive into those kind of moral gray areas for for technology, which obviously we think about now. Yeah. There's another article about how androids are spying on the people for this company and who's selling that information to other companies, which is kind of like what we have now with Apple and Alexa yeah. and uh, Siri and stuff. And I was like, Man, this is really cool. But on, on the other, on the flip side of that is people don't like androids and it's it's not exactly clear why. You, you get a, a semblance of Hey they took my job and I'm upset, but I feel like they're they just, took our jobs. I feel like this is weird thing where it's like it's they're trying to mirror like racism and 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 give these androids humanity and it's just like for me like already i don't i just i don't i think it's stupid yeah. they're fucking robots you know they aren't human, and they try to make you feel something for these people and obviously the whole thing is like these these robots are breaking their barriers of code to have some sort of a soul or humanity within them. And, you know, that's cool and everything. But I just feel like setting up the world in this huge combat or, like, uh, conflict between androids and humans is just... It's always kind of, like, just... I don't know, two cuts cutthroat. There's like no yeah. gray area in there. And then I don't know how you make it gray because it's just, they're fucking robots.
0: Have you watched <laughs> uh, season two of Westworld yet? Started watching? Yeah, I started watching, yeah. Yeah, so they handle it really, like do, do you feel like they, I mean, not to spoil anything, but like do you feel like they're selling the idea of like these these hosts being human well or do you think it's it's like Detroit Become Human where it's not really selling the idea very well?
1: Yeah, I I'll say I do think they're selling it where what well, yeah. uh I don't remember season 1 too much. Yeah, no, I enjoyed it.
0: I know the ending of it. I know we're yeah. taken off for season 2, but well they're talking a lot about that in season 2 where right, it's like right. now it's the like art like do these these an- these hosts have the same uh like kind of Responsib- or abilities and freedoms that humans can have. Can they have that? Should they have that? Right. And from the robot standpoint, it's like, well, what's different between you and me? Like we both have a brain. One's program. I mean, they're both
1: technically, technically pro- programmed. Yes. Yeah.
0: Um. You yeah. know, so like there, there are some, some, uh, some interesting things with that. Like, is there ever going to be a line that we can draw to distinguish between a robot and a human or, mm-hmm will that line eventually fade away to where like, you don't know who's human and who's robot and they're going to be so believable and real that it's going to be just like another thing. We're just intermixed. And that's going to be interesting too. Cause like, right, right. You definitely, I mean, I like that they did take the standpoint of like the racial differences that we have in society and use that as a kind of medium to better explain the idea of, android versus humans and like that is the same kind of concept um not exactly but you know it's 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 there are similar moral moral issues there that can be explored right right so, uh,
1: the whole thing with the ghost code and stuff like that to making it I mean obviously that's happening now there's apparently stories out there saying that uh is even listening to me right now she's saying copying oh, everything yeah. I'm saying and putting it on there I bet she heard me say hey Siri is she gonna do a thing? Oh, mm-hmm. shit, my phone went off. <laughs> oh no, seriously, my phone went off. <laughs>
0: so did my watch.
1: Oh, shit, okay, well. I'm, ho- I'm hoping that, live.
0: that's another thing I'm hoping this week, they announce finally that it actually detects your voice so that I don't say, hey Siri, and it like sets off everything. <laughs> His iPad just went off again. <laughs> stupid, stupid. Uh, well, anyway, we do on a tangent, so I forgot what your original tro- question was. Well, we were just kind of talking about the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. moral oh, ambiguities yeah, and stuff yeah, yeah. between I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it's, like
1: it's happening in real life. People are like debating: should we, how far should we go with AI and technology, and, and and developing this ghost code? And there's already been instances where they, like, two computers were talking to each other. They didn't know what they were saying, and they freaked these scientists out, and they ended up having to shut these computers down. It's just like, could we could we advance technology so far that it could surpass us and be just like us? Like that's kind of a scary thing. Um, now, if they went into more than that, I think the way they set up the game going off is not like the best way, but they, they set it off. They set it off in a game way, the, the whole story. And I think that's what you're going to get. So if you like sci-fi stuff, if you like this kind of technological story based games and you like cinematic, uh, storytelling, I think you'll enjoy this. Uh, if you don't, I think you should delay, maybe wait till it goes on sale. Uh, and yeah, cool. That's where I stand.
0: Awesome, well, I am gonna try and play it this week if all goes well. Nice, and see if I can share my input, even though I still haven't. Maybe God of War, yeah. Maybe you should just beat God of War first, <laughs> yeah. But but this is like more current now. Yeah, yeah. I
1: think you might have more. I think you might have more stake in this game than God of
0: War. I mean, I love God of War, but I yeah, want to yeah. like really commit time to it. And this one, I can like kind of breeze through pretty quick, probably. Yeah, yeah, not pretty quick, but right, right. It's more, it's less exploration that I have to deal with, right. So, and
1: for those who want to know, this was developed by Quantic Dream and it was published by Sony Interactive. So,
0: yes, there's Sony that exclusive.
1: And originally, it was uh, announced in 2012 on the PlayStation 3, and did the whole Kara demo yep. gameplay. That was really cool. I actually watched it uh, last night, and uh, it was very interesting.
0: Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, see that trailer really sold it for me, like for right. me, really well. That right. whole world building and everything, but. Um, I don't know. I'm excited to play it. See, see how it kind of plays out and see the branching storylines and then be able to talk about the different stories that we had and see how different they were. Um,
1: I'm curious to see if this turns into like a Terminator thing or maybe like a Planet of the Apes, like for a sequel, if it even gets to a sequel. I don't know if it's going to get to a sequel. Yeah. As soon as I finish it, I'll know like if this has potential
0: of going so far. Uh, is that but i can see so them hard going though, that way like taking a this game and all the branching narratives that they had and then making a sequel that well, accounts I mean, I think for the choices to, that you made
1: i think it's going to end in one way or another i mean they do that basically for you know mass effect and um yeah but this is like a whole different game. beast
0: this is like know, this is an eighteen thousand page script true so it's like that's a lot to have to figure but, out how to like those pieces together.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they did it in a way. Well, it's just kind of like uh, the Batman Telltale, where like you know, you can go, the journey could be completely different, but you're going to end at the same destination. You know,
0: that, yeah. That was how they said this. This this has this has more endings than they can count. True, true. So, so there might not be a sequel. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think it'd be hard. I mean, I'm not, I mean, I'm not disproving the idea that there could be that, but I I think based on like how, from what I've heard, how like in depth the story branches go, Mm -hmm. like I don't know how they could possibly pull it off. Right. Right. Because even the developers don't know on a number basis how many endings they have in the game. I think that might be an issue. Yeah, it that's what I'm concerned about. It's like when you issue. get to the end, does it feel like it ended or does it feel like it's just right like somebody dropped a nuke on everything and blew everything up like in I, emergence episodes? <laughs> <laughs> I will
1: say this, like I, I've gotten to the point where I know I need to go back and replay this game because of events that have transpired. But are I mean are you gonna like but play it differently? Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now that I have to go back, I might as well make different yeah. choices on, for everybody.
0: Yeah. I'd be curious how much, re, how many times you'd want to replay it right. and how much different you feel the story goes. Right, you yeah, know, like, exactly. Yeah, like and if you play really it know. twice, do you feel like after the thir- once you start third playthrough, is it like, okay, I've been there, done that kind of situation? Yeah. Or does it still feel like it's completely different stories that you're playing through? Right,
1: I, I hope it's like that. I think yeah. early on, the, the branches aren't that much, but as you start progressing from, from mission to mission for each character... Yeah you really see that expand and it's just like where I am now. Like it hasn't expanded that much, but still I'm like, damn, this is uh, a, this can go pretty far. So it's interesting. I I don't think seeing the branches really does anything negative for the game and in general. Yeah. So like that article you were talking about, how they didn't like that. I just, I don't don't know. I think it's cool to know that like, holy shit, like here's stuff I missed Here's Stuff that I didn't catch. Like, where was this thing? Like, I thought I caught everything that I could do and like stuff I can open. And then you see like the multiple endings to that scene or that mission. It's just like, huh? Okay. I wonder how this played out. Like I already have thoughts of like how this could have played out the other way. Cause you can't yeah. see it. So I don't know. Curiosity has caught my eye.
0: Do you know if you can go back and like select certain levels to play those through again? Or do you have to start from as far as ground I know, zero?
1: I don't even know how you hit pause on the game. Oh, that's cool. I have okay. to hit the PlayStation button to pause Scenes and missions, and it brings up the actual menu. menu once I come back into did the you game. press the touchpad, I did. I've pressed all Damn. the buttons, man. Damn. Yeah, yeah. You have to hit the PlayStation button or the pause the actual game. Maybe you have to hold to down menu.
0: the touchpad and then use the right stick to do a full circle three times, and then that'll eventually trigger Dude, the menu. Dude, if that doesn't, I'm gonna be upset with you. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Uh, anyway. so, so you you've been you've been back to a game that has been like like around forever that we don't really talk about much anymore but you're still playing it pokemon go i yeah man pokemon what the heck go? man
1: I, okay look i just got the new iphone x i decided yeah. to make
0: the plunge you love it right i even
1: got the 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 blows AirPods. Your mind, right? airpods are amazing yeah blows I your can, mind this is everything is amazing side note not gaming this is the best iphone ever created so there's no home button and you use the the uh, uh gestures gestures to move stuff around and it's like at first, it was like, what the hell am I doing? But now it's so intuitive. It's so I move around so fast. Plus, it has a faster chip. So the processing speed of bringing stuff up is just like, that's how it should be. Yeah. That's how it should always be. And uh, I love the screen. And I love the extension of everything. It just makes so much sense. Anyway, so I jumped back to Pokemon Go because I was like, you know what? I might as well download some games. Uh, we have discussed some of the stuff before, how they have new things called um, uh, field. it's not filled missions, but... They have these, this field research that you get, and you get those by going to Pokemon Stops and swirling the PokeStop around. So you get, it's basically like a, a little mission you get. So it's like go capture three bug-type Pokemon or electric Pokemon or, you know, hatch three eggs or hatch a egg, and it gives you rewards such as po- uh, Pokemon you haven't caught before uh, or just, just random Pokemon, and then you get Pokeballs or Stardust or whatever, candies uh, or fruits. And um, yeah, man, I'm really enjoying it. I'm really jumping back in. like th- This is the game that we should have played that should have been released like six months after it actually released. Like Raid Battles. Obviously, they have the, the third region of Pokemon. So there's like, I don't even know how many, like probably like three, four 400, 500 Pokemon you can actually go and catch out there. Um, everything is, there's something to do. It, it it's, it's busy work, yes. But again, like I played it to be in beginning like at least it gets me outside it gets me moving around it gets me doing all this stuff and now there's even more to do and you feel accomplished completing the stuff right which i think most games want you to do that most mobile games most That's video games engage yeah like you know the bounties and destiny like i was completing those and getting these points and spending those when i could and you know it, it's something you can come back to every day and feel accomplished which can be a bad thing, I feel like. It can be a life suck. I know my uh my girlfriend Lizette, she's like, I want to play this game, but I don't want to play this game because it's it's addictive, it's fun, but it's meaningless work all at the same time. It
0: always is. I know, I know. It's always meaningless. Yeah. But it makes you feel like you accomplished something that I mean, day. Even a, though you didn't make any money doing yeah, it. Yeah. You I accomplished know. something. I mean I could, I guess, if I stream myself.
1: Hey, if you want to see me stream Pokemon Go let us know yeah hello at the anyway uh, yeah I think all around it's a more refined game and I really enjoy it and that I think the biggest thing for me is that you can now uh, or you have been able to already uh, put your Pokemon in gyms and they defend the gyms for a certain amount of time and you can keep uh, giving them candies to kind of boost up their stats because they have like this heart represents their health and once they reach zero They come back to you, but depending on how many battles they were in, I believe, determines how many gold coins you get, which is the currency for the shop. So you can buy the coins with real money, which I've done, which I spent probably about a hundred bucks on Pokemon Go already, and allows you to make some cash along the way so you don't have to make those coins, which I think is the biggest uh, upside to Pokemon Go now, opposed to before. So you can buy everything you need through time and effort. So go, Pokemon Go. I enjoy it.
0: Wow. You think there will ever be a Pokemon Go 2? Or they'll just continue Pokemon Go until it, till it dies? I think they probably just continue it. Yeah. I don't know if there's any reason to have a, <laughs> a Pokemon Go 2. Just keep the system going, keep updating it, you know, that kind right, of stuff. Right, right.
1: I haven't played the Raid Battles, so if anyone's played Raid, hit me up. I want to play Raid, and I haven't been able to do that. And uh, I know you can get all the cool Pokemon that way. All the legendaries and apparently Mew. People have caught Mew already and Mew too. And I'm just like, ah, I'm so far behind. Anyway, that's fun. I've been outside more, so that's good. And it's hot. That's not good. So hot. <laughs> Don't so, tell, talk to so, me about the hot heat. I know. So bad. I, we, I used to do this when we, I lived here in Fort Worth with you, man. I'd go outside yeah. and sweat my ass off and catch some Pokemon. Yeah. I lost so much weight that summer. Gosh.
0: Uh, it was so good so bad. I guess that's the reason to get back into it. Exactly. (laughs) All right. We're going to wrap this up because that went on longer than I thought it was going to actually, but that's okay. We're going to talk about gaming news in our next segment, so stay tuned and we'll be right back.
1: You're listening to
0: Time for our video game news. In this segment, we share the best headlines from the week in the gaming industry. While Austin goes to get a beer, thank I am you. going to thank, thank talk about our first news Dude, story.
1: It's all you by yourself. All I don't right, it's help all me. It's not all coming me. back. It's all me. I'm not coming get back for a second. Get out of here. Segment
0: go. Get 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 scattered. Because we're gonna talk about Fortnite and Epic Games. Fortnite is going to get a one hundred million dollar. Investment from Epic Games for an esports push. So, if anybody doesn't know this, Epic Games is the developers and creators of Fortnite, the game that is blowing up the world with their battle royale shooter. Um, this is a huge, huge investment in competitive gaming and the future of Fortnite. And it's clear that the uh, studio has plans long-term support for this game. So, a hundred million dollars like can definitely go a long way. And everybody's talking about this game right now. Like, I know people that don't ever play video games that are like, "Hey, I play Fortnite, and I play it all the time, and I love it." I don't know. I don't know what it is. I still haven't figured out what the appeal is of this game that has attracted such a large audience. But it really has like kind of blown things away. So to put everything in perspective a little bit, in 2017, the top 10 games combined gave out 91.2 million dollars in prize money. So. Fortnite is going to have the biggest investment in esports history on its own. Austin's walking here super slow, as if he's like drunk already. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so people are you, loving helping ho- the community. Ho- ho- uh, I was hoping you'd be done with this already. Oh no, not okay. no no. It's it's a damn long it, story. Brett. Um. There's so a lot of cash coming through. There's going to be a lot of uh, huge prize pools coming coming in from the eSports events over the next 12 months. And uh, yeah, they want to expand that demographic of uh, eSports players as much as they can. So with this investment, it should allow them to reach larger audiences, increase their marketing efforts, and keep players engaged with the game more than ever before. That sounds like a bang. Oh, that kind of hurt my ear. Yeah, it didn't sound very good. <laughs> that was me opening a beer, and it actually didn't sound very
1: good. Pressure to my ear, it was, it was an terrible. explosion. Um, this is so actually next story. <laughs> Go ahead. This is actually really cool because uh, I don't know how much longer people like, like, like how much longer are people going to complain that this isn't an actual sport yet? Like, there's there's money, there, money <laughs> there's money being funneled into this at an extreme rate. And this should be on ESPN. But I guess is Twitch. ESPN. Is it really? Yeah. When is it on? Is it like late night or something?
0: Well, I mean, they, it's not like, it's just whenever esports stuff's happening. They do broadcasts. Oh, okay. oh do they? Esports okay. stuff That's right, ESPN. that's right. We talked about this. That's right. Yeah.
1: I don't watch ESPN, so I don't know.
0: Clearly. Yeah. Who wants to do that? Well, if you're watching esports, you yeah. can watch it on
1: ESPN. <laughs> if it's not on Twitch, I'm not watching it.
0: Yeah. That's just, that's how what I feel What about, about YouTube that. Live or YouTube TV? No, YouTube TV, yeah. Why not? Yeah I like that. What about Mixer?
1: Yeah. Just not ESPN. What about overwatchtv.com? Would, would you spend money for ESPN to watch esports? No,
0: because it comes on my exactly. Apple TV.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Oh, wait, oh, you get it for free? Yeah, I mean, you
0: can like watch that live that's on ESPN app. Like it's not everything. You need a subscription? No, it's not everything, huh, but some stuff you can watch for free. Huh, okay. Yeah. So like, right, that's if not there's bad. a baseball a fo- or a football game going on or like a basketball game or something. Right, it's right. on ESPN and it's live. Usually you can just like flip it on and watch it for free, which is
1: cool. Look at that, my friends. Look as, at as that. As it should be.
0: You know? <laughs> yes. Um anyway, next story. So we talked a little bit about Overwatch last week. I want to dive deeper into this just because there's a new map coming out with Overwatch that is very interesting. It's called Petra. Petra. And uh, it's got an Indiana Jones kind of vibe, and this location has caves, bridges, multiple levels, as well as a breakable floor that drops away and sends players plummeting into a lethal pit. So interesting. That's exciting to me. That it's uh they're they're making adding more like environmental kind of things into the world, kind of like that one map uh, Ilios or whatever, where there's the the circle pit in the middle um, and the fact that this game is still like obviously going strong. Is it really exciting? But have you played this recently?
1: No, I meant to jump into it. I need, I need to, I need to log in just so I get the free bonus
0: crate. We need to get a group together that like jumps into this game again and start playing. I, it more. I, it's, it was, it's fun. It's like, it's a good game to play and it's always being updated and it looks awesome. And there's a ton of maps out there for it now. I no, I haven't, how many maps are new? Like three or four? No, there's like six or seven now, I Dang, think. Dang, yeah. really?
1: Like, I, I played the ones when Junkie Town came out, but that's it. That because that they're all says. like,
0: you know, they're different. They have different, like, this is just a deathmatch uh, map. Right, right, right. they have some right. that are like the uh, payload maps. The jetty. And stuff like that. But this is cool. I
1: forget the metagame now. Now that the new characters came out, like uh, Doomfist, like, I don't know what I'm doing here.
0: Yeah, no, it's really confusing to, like, Get used to. Oh,
1: look at that! Okay, that was the pit you're talking about. Yep, very nice. That was
0: pit. So, oh, June 11th
1: uh, is when the anniversary event ends. We must jump in, Brett. We need to play. It's already, it's
0: already almost over. I don't don't know. I don't
1: know if I can play tonight, but we should play soon.
0: I definitely. I'm I'm, I'm down this week. Uh, This week, sometime we can play. Um, so this next story is really fucked up, but I want to talk about it just because it's fucked up. Um, there was a game this week that came out on Steam called Active Shooter, and it looks like, I don't like the, the screenshot we see right here. It looks like this developer basically was like, I'm going to take together a bunch of pre-purchase assets and flip them. It's called a, quote, asset flip and make a game. And it is a game about mass shootings. However, the Steam store page describes it as a dynamic SWAT simulator in which you play as a shooter, a SWAT team member, trying to neutralize uh, the mass shooter or a civilian it's trailer depicts a player running down school halls and through classrooms indiscriminately murdering teachers until a SWAT team shows up complaints about the game have been obviously intense and yesterday the person behind the game said that they'll probably remove the option to play as a mass shooter well duh why would you release a game about this especially in a time like now like this is stupid what i mean i don't know what what the goal was like (sighs) Uh, yeah if I read that, I'd be like,
1: I don't, why would I? No, just not playing, not playing this game, not but giving any money this, this this person.
0: And people are like, I love offensive humor as much as the next guy, but you're dense as hell if you can't see why a pay to play school shooting simulation game might be taking a step too far. Yeah, like, no, don't do this. This is dumb. Hey, feel free to launch it,
1: man, but the market is going to make you wish you never did. This is pretty bad right here. Dynamic yeah. SWAT simulator. Okay, you can't... Okay. Wait, so is this multiplayer? Like one person plays as like the killer and then one person plays as like SWAT or like there's a team or like what is
0: what 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 is this? So you pick your role, gear up and fight or destroy. Be the good guy or the bad guy. The choice is yours. In an active shooter, you'll be able to pick the role of an elite SWAT member or the actual shooter. Lead your team, extract civilians, and neutralize the shooter. So it's not multiplayer, it's single player.
1: Even, even that, like, I can see, like, where you have a bot who's going around killing people and you start seeing the the numbers killed, like, on, on the left screen it has game stats. And it's just like, look, you got to go in there. And you got to take this guy out. Like, that would be an interesting game. It'd be a sad game. But it'd be an interesting game, given the obviously the time and place. But
0: I just don't think it's worth worth touching on that right now in any form or fashion because it's too heated of a subject. Right. Oh, they do have co-op missions in the roadmap of up to four players. And then fully integrated multiplayer, be the bad or the good. I guess in a way it's kind of like uh uh the bank heist game, payday. Like that in a way is like this, but it's not as like you know controversial of a topic because you're playing as bank robbers or you can play as the police. But this is saying you can play as a guy that goes in there as a civilian that just wants to kill people or not. Um, I mean, technically I guess Grand Theft Auto is kind of like that. You can just run around and start killing people, but doing it at school was very, uh, very touchy. He, he added a disclaimer to the, the post that said, please do not take any of this seriously. This is only meant to be the simulation and nothing else. If you feel like hurting someone or people around you, please seek help from local psychiatrists or dial 911 or applicable. Thank you.
1: <laughs> okay. If you have to put that in your game, it's already a problem. <laughs> I'm exactly. Gonna, I'm going to lie. Like that is uh if you think, if you even think that that is a poss- possibility
0: from your game, you should probably not make your game. So on a brighter note, <laughs> maybe, maybe asterisk, they are making a monster hunter movie. It just secured a $60 million budget and will start production in September. So everybody played Monster Hunter World earlier this year. I think it's awesome. It's really fun. We stopped playing it, sadly, but it's still awesome. Here's the negative part to it. This is a film adaptation of Monster Hunter. So it's a video game movie. It's going to be starring Mila Jovovich, the one that starred in Resident Evil. And Uh it's going to be created by the Resident Evil movie director, Paul Anderson, I'm done. And producer Jeremy Bolt. It's going to be made by the Resident Evil guys. Nope. No, this movie's going to bomb. So, aren't you excited this about is gonna how this gonna will
1: be? is going to be fucking awful. Okay. All those Resident, Resident Evil movies just
0: were. But wait, it also has crunchy. special effects supplied uh, by Mr. X, which also worked in the Resident Evil franchise. This is
1: going to bomb so fast. This is going to bomb. Yeah. I don't think it's another be the another best. potential video game movie down drain.
0: Stupid. So <sighs> stupid. I don't know. Who, who would
1: you want to direct this? Michael Bay? No. Hell no. Michael Bay's awful. Um
0: <laughs> uh, who's in so
1: uh, No, nah, he's too cinematic with this. No, that'd be great. Now who's the guy
0: who did Avatar? Oh, dub uh, dub 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 dub. Yeah, that's not dub 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 dub. dub. Dumbass. I forget his name. I know I know I know I, can, I see it in my head. I see his face, but I don't guy remember guy who did Titanic. Name. I know. He did he did oh, Titanic. Man. He did that. He did that movie where you went underwater and did stuff. Nolan? No. It's got it's got James Cameron. Cameron. I knew it was a short word in there somewhere. I think he
1: could do a good movie. But you need more like anime type stuff with this movie. Oh, it's going to be so bad. It's going to be so bad. I'm sorry, that's just not going to... Okay, next story. I'm tired
0: of that. So this is a sad story. Mm. A couple weeks ago, or about a month ago, we talked about... Fred, what's up with all the sad stories today? I know. This has been a sad week. I don't know if it's I can handle this story now. I'm done. I can't. I can't go on. Total Biscuit, the game critic that retired last month as a YouTube personality to uh, focus on his health and spend time with his wife, um, unfortunately passed away May 24th, 2018 at age 33. So he had a form of, uh, intense form of cancer that was uncurable and he eventually was, uh, um, passed on and, um, his wife is going to take the reins of what he had worked on up to this point. But, uh, just a bummer. It's kind of like, you know, can't really do much about this To I mean, you can, I mean, there's, there's, there's always things you can find to like help yourself in certain conditions but like who knows like he could have been super healthy and everything was fine and just like got something that he didn't expect to get and it you know ended up this way but he definitely had a big impact on the gaming industry so may told biscuit john bain rest in peace
1: that's pretty sad man
0: in addition never, to sad stories
1: oh really
0: the Atari co-founder, Ted Nabney, also passed away last week at age 81. And he is the co-founder with uh, Nolan Bushnell. And uh, he is a huge figure figure in the history of both Atari and video games in general. He worked on creating Computer Space, the second but more successful coin-operated adaptation of Space War, which paved the way for f- funding, finding... founding. Atari and uh, yeah he uh, he he passed away as well man I just can't take this week
1: so all that stuff sorry guys like I didn't think we'd have such horrible news and game gaming news this week how dare you Brett
0: well now I have some good news do you so remember Rocket League yeah I like Rocket League I haven't played Rocket League in a while I haven't either they brought out some new DLC okay Called the Salty Shores. Oh, okay. I like and that. And it's that's I mean, it's it's similar kind of content, drop like everything else. It's actually dropping the day you listen to this podcast. So May 29th, you will get the Salty Shores, which feels and looks like something from the 80s. And it's a seaside arena where they literally like mapped out like an entire coastal beach line. And it has a bunch of new cars as competitive season eight. Like, look at this. Like beaches and Whoa. city wow. and moving roller coasters and a pier and boardwalk. And then there's still like the normal track inside the game world. Dang,
1: look at that. Look at them actually building a world outside of the arena. And it's free. I mean, they've always done
0: that, but still, like, this seems
1: like pretty dynamic.
0: Super, super 80s, though, and I love it. I'm, I'm pretty pumped about them bringing some 80s stuff in here. Some new Man. music, new season, new events, new items. They got some new cars, like, and then just some lead skills also. Oh, and beach ball explosions. That's pretty cool. So a lot of cool stuff coming out of that. So if you guys haven't played Rocket League or if you just want to jump back into it, now's the time because you got some free content to uh, jump into. I want to see how much they've made. Okay,
1: billions. I, I'm I'm really curious. Like i uh, as of June of 2016, they've made 110 million dollars. Wow, I have nothing earlier. 110 than that. million. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That's over how much Fortnite just invested in esports. It's pretty cool,
1: dude. That's cool to see they're they're still going.
0: All right. Last but not least. This could be either good or bad for people, Um, not to make things more sad. But Sony executive came out and said during an earnings call that uh, the PlayStation 4 is entering the end of its life cycle and they expect gaming profit to decrease in the future, which is kind of odd and interesting to hear. But um, they have affirmed that this is the, end, the final stage of the life cycle. Over the next three years, Sony is going to take steps to prepare for the future. So what that means, we're not quite sure yet. But I do know that they are actively looking at the success of the Switch and maybe reviving the Vita or maybe building in some kind of more or less Nintendo Switch kind of system for the PlayStation. And uh, they're thinking about what the next console is going to be. So you guys are like looking to buy a console still buy it just because it's going to be a while before it comes out and then when that new console comes out like games there won't be many games for it probably yet <laughs> yeah because people are actively still developing for this generation what,
1: what could they launch at the beginning of this console's life cycle
0: horizons are dawn 2
1: i like that yeah yeah
0: Another Uncharted, Detroit become or not Detroit become human, uh, Death Stranding. <laughs> but it's God, not. I hope not. Well, God, it's I gonna hope be on not. an old, older engine, so it won't be on there. Yeah, um, I don't know. I think what they really need to do with, I think what PlayStation needs to figure out is how to like bring all their systems to light more so, and make it so that when this next console drops, like all the games you have on PlayStation Four. Still work. You log into your PlayStation account, and all that awesome. shit downloads and is available and ready. And you just gotta sell your PS4. So instead
1: of having the disc, and now it just downloads to your
0: yeah. I could like download it, that. you well, could do that. I mean, but you or could you still could use download it from disc. the cloud. It would be a yeah, cross compatible yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of thing. So like okay, well, well that making sucks sure if you, that if as you, you upgrade, you can keep all of your game library that you've had before.
1: But I mean, I have a game library technically, but I don't have the disc, so technically I can't play it unless I have a disc, or I bought it you know, through, uh, you well, that's know, your problem. digital. So would they make digital it would work? Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I know that, but like, would they make it where if you bought the game at any point in time? Well, I guess it makes
0: sense. Oh, you can't. Cause you sold it. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, it's like they, back, back to the,
1: what kind of lineup could they have? Yeah. Um, what was that weird PlayStation game that was kind of like super smash pros, but they they end up killing it like early on. Um, it's PlayStation three era. I forgot what it was called, but they I had like remember. all the PlayStation people cut like yeah. main heroes. That'd be cool to kind of relaunch. And how could they make the Vita and the PlayStation kinda of like meld it together? Like it would have to literally be a pretty big tablet. No, but they couldn't even do that. Because I don't think I don't
0: think it needs to be a big tablet. I think I think the Vita size maybe a little bit bigger of a Vita Yeah, but Vita you can't size. play HD content.
1: You want to be able to play like 4K content. Like I can't can't see them down
0: res it to like 720p like switch does.
1: True. But would you, what would the, uh, so So like here, here's what you they have a giant dock in order to make it 4K for you to play on the
0: TV. No, I think what would happen is you would have a like transfer system. Like everything's connected to the internet. So whenever you were to say you're playing your PlayStation four, you have two pieces of hardware. You have a PlayStation Four, you have a Vita, and you're playing PlayStation Four. You do something like a handoff that you do with Apple, and it hands it off to the Vita, and you continue playing from where you left off. So it transfers right. that save game state to your device that you're playing on, and then it has just downreses those assets so that it works on that screen. Because I think that the Vita, but where is it
1: going to store it then? Because obviously the
0: switch up-res is. I mean, you have to store it on your Vita. Okay. But it it would be the local. It would just. But down how with much the local assets? Or like so the, the assets for that particular device. I mean, the
1: only reference we have now is obviously a switch. So you just get a micro SD with like three hundred. Sorry, I don't, what is? What should I have now? Like almost three hundred gigabytes, and I mean, some people use up the whole terabyte in PlayStation.
0: Right. I mean, it just they—they they have to downsize the the art assets to make. Well, yeah, but you're still to gonna have lower. a
1: giant game.
0: Yeah, it's not yeah. any different than like bringing Wolfenstein to the Switch. That's like yeah, five gigabytes.
1: Not, well, yeah, but it's not like it's the same concept. <laughs> I know, but I don't see them retracting having 4K on a TV, even if you can take it somewhere else. So like, how is that going to play out? through the actual Vita console because everything's going to be on the actual Vita handheld thing, right? If that is, is the case.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm thinking too deep right now. I, I think I th- it would just be like you would have a lower res version of the game on your console. Right. Your handheld. Right, I get and that. you take that with you. Yeah. That would be like five gigs. And then you would obviously have to have your own external media, but it wouldn't download the 4K assets and stuff like that onto that device. Right. So we are playing on the the main device, then you're playing on the higher resolution assets, a 70 80 gigabyte game. Mm-hmm. But on your Vita, when you rock off with it, the save state's the same because it's the same game. Right. But right. the assets and the textures and things of that nature are going to transition to support the smaller screen. And the right. smaller screen doesn't need 4k because it's a small screen. Right. So it looks, okay. it it'll look, right. look good enough. I think with it that way, um, Yeah, I don't know. Last of Us 3 would be nice. It work. Yeah. I Last of Us 2 first.
1: Yeah, well, obviously. It's going to be a success. I
0: bet there would be like another Uncharted thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. or, or, Or
0: I could see Naughty Dog's next move is making a new IP. They should. They definitely should. Yeah. They have all those assets. They
1: could do, yeah. They have so many good assets. Oh, that'd be so good. Anyway, tell us what the PlayStation 5 lineup should be. At hellointergamer.net, or you can find us on Twitter. Send us your tweet at intergamercast.
0: I think uh, <laughs> Ghost of Tsushima. Oh yeah, because that might not be ready until then.
1: That's true. No, but it has to come out. Yeah, has come out before. I would guess it. Has well, come we the have three, three more years.
0: years. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be fine. Anyway, Infamous Third Son. <laughs> So that's it for our video game news this week. If there's something that we miss, we want to hear from you. Email us at holo.dngamer.net at and we will talk about it next week. Also, don't forget, if you like what you hear, please give us a review and rating on iTunes. It greatly helps our exposure to reaching new audience members or listeners. And uh, yeah, just let, lets the, uh, the Apple algorithms display our podcast a lot better. So that would be really awesome if you could give us a review and rating. And uh, we'll be ab- back after the break with our discussion topic. You may be like, why don't you guys talk about Battlefield 5? Well, it's because it's our discussion topic, so stay tuned. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. So, today we're going to be talking about the game changing features of Battlefield 5. Last week we had Battlefield 5's reveal trailer come out. It was. Uh, Very much more personal in the way that it presented itself at the onset. Showed a lot of features that were kind of hidden nuggets inside the trailer. And uh, ultimately what we found out towards the end of the trailer was that this was actually like gameplay footage of one of their co-op gameplay modes. So first thoughts, trailer, Austin, what did you think of it?
1: Uh, At first I was a little lackluster about it uh, until I started diving into what was actually in the trailer, what it all meant, the new features that are going to be available and and learning about more of the new multiplayer game modes. I, I'm, I'm a little more excited. It, 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 obviously, it wasn't a traditional trailer. It was more of like gameplay footage, which is fine. And uh, it felt more like Bad Company in a way, like certain tones of it had this vibe of Bad, bad Company, which is kind of nice to kind of change up the traditional World War II uh, what we know, what we our per, perception of World War Two in a video game. So I'm a, I'm actually kind of excited more so than I was on the onset of the actual release.
0: So, yeah, I am too as well because like when I first saw the trailer, I felt like what What is this? You know, <laughs> la, la, last year <laughs> what are we when watching when Call of Duty's trailer came out, it was like what is this nonsense? And then when Battlefield's trailer came out, we we're like, yes, Battlefield is king. Right, right. And this year, I felt like both. I mean. Like Call of Duty's trailers are just Call of Duty's trailers. Right. But I feel it's like it's am talking about Battle Modern Pro Warfare, trailer, by the way. Or not no, 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 Modern Warfare. I'm about uh, Infinite uh, Warfare. No, no, I'm talking about um, Black Ops 4. Oh. Yeah. Oh, they're talking about last year. You said last year. I was last year. Now I'm yeah, talking yeah, yeah. about now. Now this year. I was clarifying. Black Ops 4 came out and dropped Infinite. their trailers and right. they were just Call of Duty again. Like same kind of trailers, except they did introduce the, you know, the Black Battle Royale mode and stuff like that. But the trailers still look like. Yes, yes. Battle or Call of Duty trailers. Right, right. right. And then with Battlefield One, I actually felt like it almost looked like a Call of Duty multiplayer trailer at first, a little bit with the high intensity action, the higher frame rate kind of That's speed and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I see saw it now. Hints of that. So we just watched it and I see that now. I see what you're yeah. saying. At first I was like, What are you talking about, Call of Duty? Like it total battlefield all the way. Yeah. Like, but you hit you hit yeah. Yeah. But then as it went on, I, you know, it, it opened up and expanded the the world more and you could you could see the planes coming in, you could see like the air air raids, you could see the the fast paced action and intensity. And like what's so cool about Battlefield is the the vehicular combat and the explosions and the sounds and like I mean their their soundtrack their sounds are so good. The sound design's fantastic. And this one it definitely feels like it's it's no exception for sure. Oh yeah. Um and they had a hint one thing that I thought was weird about the trailer is like they had a subtle hint of the battlefield theme music in there, you know, in the background but don't you feel like they should have like exaggerated that a little bit more? Cuz there like there was a point where it showed up like you could barely hear for about 2 seconds and then it was gone. I don't, I don't, was I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't exactly. remember Exactly. Yeah, that it's is, like
1: it, I mean, yeah, every trailer I think Battlefield's release has always had the traditional theme beat to it yeah and it nice had
0: been nice to kind of like the
1: white stripes which so is really true. awesome no but the, even in that like they even kind of have the like da, 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 da. yeah yeah anyway but yeah i i, I kind of wish they at least would have put that at the end or something you know like led up to that like just, just know like this is about a up- the trailer anyway
0: yeah um so let's talk about some of the game modes. So there's a, there's a lot of, the thing that we want to talk about in this discussion is the new, the way that they're trying to change the game, because, you know, previously we talked about Call of Duty Black Ops four and they're adding battle Royale and they're at, they're doing zombies again. They're getting ready to single player and stuff like that. Battlefield is not getting rid of single player. They're bringing the war stories back and they're going to focus on the lesser known areas of, the campaign so they're going to go to places like greece and norway and really explore things that people don't know about we're not going to see d-day landing we're not going to see which you is know, interesting because
1: you think yeah. at this point we've covered world war ii in many video games you think we would have covered it all by now yeah like so many games i
0: don't even know like i mean it's got to be i don't know i can't even put a number to it yeah but we like, haven't, which is crazy. Like, we, yeah, there's still there's still more to explore, and like, I mean, some people are wondering, like, why are we going back? Call like World War II. Like, I wish we were going back to the modern warfare setting again. But I'm okay with this because I think That's Battlefield. Me. Like, I liked. 1942 still was like fantastic and it was so good and so well done. And we haven't seen them revisit that era except for Battlefield 1943, which just brought out like three maps and that was it. So this is a reinvent, like this is what battled the dice team who made 1942 can do now in this era right. of gaming. And we're going to see how that kind of plays out. It's nice to go back
1: to these things, but at the same time, We're just talking about this. I I, I still think Battlefield 4 is like one of the best battlefields to date, and I miss having Mm -hmm. the the privilege of having like all these automatic weapons with all these attachments and like customizing my kit to be like perfect to my playstyle. And I feel like Battlefield One lacks that. Like, there's certain things in Battlefield One. It's just like ah, you you wouldn't have this issue if it was in current days, you know. (laughs) golden world war two is going to help a little bit, but I feel like it's not going to help completely. And you know, when battlefield first started this journey through time of war, like back then, like you didn't have too many of these modern games and now we do, or let's take place in modern times. So going back is, I feel like a semi handicap now that's debatable. I'm sure by many people, but for me, I just, I feel like I, I wish we could just go back to modern times, but if we're gonna do kind of these weird off, off the not I don't want to say off the rails, but like you know, not we're not going down the beaten path. Maybe it gives Battlefield Five some leeway to put some like more modern things into it than yeah. it would rather not be able to. Yeah. So.
0: Let's jump in the game modes for a little bit. So uh, we didn't mention this earlier, but the game comes out October 16, 2018. So it's going to be out in October. And uh, they're going to be doing, they're going to have Conquest again. That's going to be there. But they're bringing some other uh, twists into the, the realm. So we have uh, what's called Combined Arms, which is their four-player cooperative Game, which is going to be these dynamic stories, that is what you saw in the trailer. So when you look at that trailer, that was the combined arms mode, I believe, because it's mm-hmm. multiplayer. It's got these what feels like story bits when that guy came up to you and was like looking down at you, and then your friend came over and like knocked him in the head. I don't know if that's going to be part of a cinematic or something that's like integrated into the story, right? right. Or what it's going to be, but the uh, the combined arms is interesting because it reminds me of like you know the horde mode kind of stuff but it's more uh, it's driven it's like more directed right it feels like an actual
1: battlefield at least that's what it seems like Um, seems like a lot more is going on than a typical you know a wave of people come at you and you try to kill them which would be really cool like it'd be nice if the the AI is at least smart enough to like here's your objective now just get there any way you can you know so it'd be nice to see where that how dynamic that gameplay is actually
0: going to be yeah opposed to just sit there right right (laughs) And then uh, they also have, I'm going to pick this up a little bit so I can read my, my notes here better. You should do it. Um, they also have Grand Operations, which is going to be their massive multi-match engagement set that are going to have multi-day battles with 64 players. So they have the Operations now, which is set up the kind of same kind of way where you have different tiers, like levels that you stage up. So like if you're attacking, you're pushing forward. If you're defending, you're trying to push back. And it's like a tug of war kind of thing. Well, this is going to be that same way, but it's like, <clears throat> There's going to be different in game days that take place during these transitions. And then at certain points, it could uh, end up with what is called their last stand mode, which is a sudden death where everybody in there has one life sudden and day. they it's all finish out.
1: It, it's Battle Royale.
0: Yeah. It's a semi Battle Royale, I guess. Yeah. We have yet to actually
1: get our hands on that. So I think that's cool. I think it's an interesting take. If it is a Battle Royale esque game, bit it'd be nice that it is not like a thing it is part of the whole you know opposed to call of duty going full battle royale for one mode um, and I think that could really change things up a little bit and it, it, it is something to look forward to I don't know about you I'm looking forward to actually jumping into grand operations and getting to the end and being like oh shit
0: okay last stand let's do this Yeah, well, battle I, mean, royale. Like, I wonder how long it's going to take because I mean, it sounds like these are like several hour games Uh, Like you have to stick in with, which is, that's a lot of time commitment for it. I
1: think it's going to be like an hour, hour and a half type. Yeah. Type adventure that you get into, like, you know, this is going to take a while, which, which is cool. I mean, it's just something, I mean, you have certain objectives that you try to hit. And then after that
0: one hour, you know, you either like get there or not. Um, so they also have, uh, there's gonna be a lot of customization in this game. So we have things like, um, so one thing that they did come out and say, there will be no battle pass, no premium pass. That's That's been nixed. All the content's going to be free. Um, and they also said there's <laughs> going to be no loot boxes. So what I'm wondering is where the... Oh, there's going to be microtransactions in this. Financial things going to come yeah. in because no doubt how is that going to work out because one of the the things that they added to this that's going to keep people playing the game is what's called Tide of War which Tide of War is a ongoing service that is going to be akin to I think most akin to like Fortnite where you like log in every day and you get like daily missions you have to complete and by completing those missions you unlock things um, you unlock like special skins and stuff like that. So it encourages you to keep returning to the game to get special skins, weapons, and things of that nature. So, like, everything in the game has a customizable feature to it, component to it. So, like a tank, you can get unlocked skins for a tank so that your tank will look different than other people's, but it's still going to be within the uh, realm of what's real to that kind of uh, that that. Generation that timeline, so it's not going to be like you're going to have a pink tank run around. You know, it'll still be very relevant to what's (laughs) happening, but you can customize your stuff to look a little bit different. So So that's cool.
1: I'm thinking it's going to be like because they say you're going to be able to earn in-game rewards such as like you know tags, dog tags, and and uh, you know cosmetic accessories. But I feel like it's going to be kind of like Pokemon Go in the sense that you're going to have these uh, daily quests or daily bounties that you can, you'll, you'll get and that you can complete to earn, you know, in game, whatever. And then you'll, you'll have weekly and monthly stuff, which is going to take kind of like Fortnite, the way kind of Fortnite does it for battle pass. Like you can go in there and rack up these points and start getting stuff along the way. And then if you want to speed that up, I'm sure they're going to have microtransactions where you can buy in game, whatever in game currency they have to, to unlock some of the stuff. Um, I, I kind of do see them kind of following around the, the fort, the fortnight, uh, the way Fortnite has their microtransaction set up. It just kind of makes sense, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's based, it's all based on cosmetic
0: stuff, which is great. Like, I'm glad it's not paid to play, you know, like like Battlef- Battlefront was. Well, um, so did you read up on any, on the uh, archetype stuff that they have in the game? Or mm-hmm. like, so... So they have the four classes like normal. You have your engineer, you have your support, you have all that stuff. And each one of those classes and something else that I want to throw in there too is like squads now are really important. Like you cannot join a game now without being a squad. You can't be a lone wolf anymore. You're forced into being a part of a squad. And each one of those squads has very important components such as anybody can pick up and heal your friend. So like, if your buddy's down, you can pick them up. But you can only pick them up to like say thirty three percent health, and then only a medic can revive you to full health. And then same with support. Like whenever you drop into the game, you're going to be limited in ammunition and limited in resources more than you are in a normal game. So you have to rely on your teammates to supply you with ammo, supply you with medic help, you know those kinds of things to progress through the game which is really going to help in the last stand part of the grand operations which is battle
1: royale part so I don't know how that's going to work out because it's supposed to be a free for all like everyone's supposed to be able to fight each other but you want to be in your squad that you're going to I assume you're a part of the squad that you've been in the whole way through that point and at some point you're going to turn your teammate your teammates you know what I mean
0: no I think it's still gonna it, be said, it says race. last man
1: standing it doesn't say last squad standing huh it says last man standing, so I assume you want to be in a team up to a certain point. Yeah, but that's not necessarily true because obviously in Fortnite and PUBG, you you can have up to four pay- players. So yeah, um,
0: I don't know how that how it's gonna work out. Yeah, I'm gonna be just to see yet more about what that mode entails because yeah. I read it as if it was like it's just a lot like. The last group that's left, like you, you fight to the death. But like, if you're on the same team, like your team wins, and that's it. Kind of like the stand, yeah. Like if you're in squad, it's like you win as a squad, right? And get your like chicken dinner thing.
1: Yeah, if it is battle royale. This makes sense how it would be like squad against squad against. I mean, you know, yeah. How many amount of squads against each other? Yeah, when some of them are in the same team, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like why would you
0: kill your teammate? Right, right. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's that doesn't make that doesn't work.
1: But, but then um, it just becomes a death match, like a like a last stand death match. Yeah, team death match. That's what it becomes, like a giant death match. Yeah, which is defeats the purpose of battle royale. I don't know. I heard that this is supposed to be their semi battle royale portion of the game, which I guess it may or may not be battle royale. Yeah, from, I don't know. I hope it is. I don't know yeah, about you. I know.
0: I know they're researching battle royale, but from what I understand, this game isn't going to come with any battle royale component. I got gotcha. you. So like they said that this at release there will be no battle royale in Battlefield Five but they are looking at ways to incorporate it into future stuff So this could be like their early like test mm. bed maybe right, of like right. what could eventually become like a full like battle royale mode or something like that potentially but um, I don't know exactly but anyway but so back to the archetype so <laughs> you have uh, you have your different classes you you follow into and you it's designed to where you play what you like. So if you really like the assault class, you work on the assault class you, Upgrade, unlock stuff in the assault class, and you can also pick these archetypes, these pathways that you go down. So maybe you're like an anti tank support, so you want to really focus heavily on that. So you can build out your character to follow suit with that, and then unlock things specific to that play style. So these are different um, different uh, abilities you can you can do that will allow you to. Um, really, there's not it's not gonna be just like having four classes, like, you can build a very customized company or a team, uh, squad that will, um, have a lot more flexibility in gameplay styles and stuff like that. Because, like, they right. had a little bit of that in Battlefield One. Because, like, if you're playing a medic or whatever, like, you could be a heal medic or you could be a medic that also can do damage against like armor and stuff like that. So, you had that flexibility there, but you didn't have to go one way or the other, but it was just like a creative class kind of thing, but this can be much more specific. So you could just go down one tier and have so many other things to unlock as opposed to just unlocking four sets of pathways. Now there's like branching pathways you can go through. Which is gonna be cool because it gives you, well, it gives you more stuff to work for too. And it allows you
1: to be, for me, I like to be fit for any situation. And I try to, I try to make my class like that, um, whatever it is, but to know, I wonder how that's going to work out. Like you have to go down a certain path possibly
0: where it's like you have to fit this role. I mean, you can, I think you can switch, but it's just like, you know, there's, it's a, it's a kind of a situation where like, do you want to switch to something else where you're starting from zero? Or do you want to keep pushing down this path that you've mm-hmm. kind of formed for yourself to get the best of the best in right, that, right. that direction? Um, but yeah, they, they haven't talked much about that other than like it's archetypes okay. and it's got more flexibility and how you can like build out your loadout. Lots um, of speculation. Yeah, lots of speculation. But what's not a speculation is something that they did mention, which is... Uh, there's a lot of destruction in this game. Like lots of things you can blow up. You can, as you saw in the trailer, you can, as a player, use your guns to shoot through buildings and then pierce your bullets will pierce through and potentially help hit people. And you can even like destroy the entire sets of bill. Like buildings can be like toppled over, but You can also build fortifications on top of those, which are, I thought they were kind of like fortnite ass, where you can just like build shit anywhere, but they are designated locations where you can build items. So you can build like a building got toppled down and it's nothing but rubble. Well, you can build sandbag defenses around it and then set up machine gun placements and kind of create your own encampment. So like a damaged world does not have to be fully damaged anymore. So on that, I'll mention this. Uh, So part of this whole thing, which
1: I'm going to get into the whole tactical aspect, which I think is... Immensely huge for this game, particularly, and I'll say why in a second. But you're going to spawn in with lower resources um, on any of the game maps, so or game types. So that means, like, that's why squad play is so huge. Like, you're not going to have a lot of ammo. You're not going to have a lot of health. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure no one's going to have any kind of health besides the medic. So, like, you want to be in these teams so you can continue to have ammo. Otherwise, you have to pick up ammo from dead bodies. And that creates a mini skirmish area because if you kill somebody, you want to go get them. I assume teammates can pick up ammo from their dead, their fallen comrades as well. So, like, you, as the game plays out, like you're running out of ammo quickly. It seems like so you're going to yeah. want to kill people well, and said you grab you their ammo. You're,
0: you're, you have enough to maybe do like two or three kills, and that's about it. Right. Right. Yeah. So Which you're going to have weird.
1: Right. Really but, weird. but I mean, you're going to pick up that ammo from the people you kill. So. Yeah. It's potential that people can use other people's dead body as a point of uh, uh, I don't know, contact. This is what the word comes to mind. So that's going to be interesting with that. And so now everything becomes more tactical, more dynamic. You have to really think about how you're going to traverse the battlefield. How like what. How are you going to maneuver around certain objectives? Are you going to engage? Maybe you're going to engage less than you would before, you know? Right. I think that's, usually if I
0: saw someone, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to shoot them, you know? Yeah. I'm probably going to die anyway in a few seconds. So. Well, that's that's one thing that, like, Battlefield has always had the squad play, and if you have a group of friends to play with, like, squad play is such a crucial component of that, and you can usually, like, wreck shop. Like, Battlefield 2, I remember when we used to play that, and we had a four-man squad, like we would always be the top tier of the game. But if you're playing with like, like public players, you know, you, that doesn't ever happen. Like you can't get that community, that collaboration happening. So I'm really hoping that this, they're pushing further and further to like emphasize the needs to do that. Cause like you're getting point bonuses. If you're playing squad, you know, playing the objective and stuff like that, you're getting point bonuses. If you heal or, you know, provide the ammo and all that stuff. And there's, there's just so many more ways to get, additional points and score st- upgrades by being in the squad and now that you're forced to do it like that's exciting too so i'm hoping that people actually d- do actually work together and not right, just like right. run off on their own
1: i mean they, okay so they say there's gonna be incentives for squad leaders and there's gonna be awards for playing for playing as a team which there's oh it's always been like that like you get right. extra points but i feel like there's gonna be more now at least that's what i'm hoping like i feel like this is what they mean like they're gonna maybe there's certain uh like like with with getting cosmetics like it's gonna cost i feel like it's gonna be like many missions many like many you know kill or like kill your team five times or whatever something like that to like a hundred percent like certain things like that that allow you to get this in-game currency if there's even any in-game currency you're like whatever the point system is like, I feel like that's what they mean. Like they really want you to work together they're really going to push that. And I really hope that's what they are going for because maybe I talked about before, like I think one of the issues with battlefield is that a lot of people tend to be a lone wolf unless you're playing with your friends. And I wish they, there was some way to remedy that. And I don't know if there is a way to remedy that. I mean, you try to put all these different aspects in that makes people f- kind of More or less forces them to play together, but that doesn't always work. People will be people.
0: I like how too in the in the trailer they showed that the girl like jumping on the ground and like proning backwards as she was shooting at people. Yeah, yeah, that's an actual gameplay mechanic. Yeah, you can
1: you can move in any way. I think I think there's a dodge mechanic as well now. We can kind of like just move out of the way right, move out of the way left.
0: Yeah. Like the when they fling, fling yourself out the window, like that's that's a mechanic that you can do. Right, you right. can hit the ground, your soldiers will take damage, but they survive, they just tuck and roll and get back into the fight. So they there's like uh a lot more animations than just like, I'm going to go up. I still remember, I love how like back in Battlefield 2, you would go up and jump at a wall and you can never really jump over it. It was all like glitchy and stuff like that. Yeah, and now yeah. they like have gone so far as to like, let's add roll mechanics and let's add like these jump features and let's add these different freedoms of fluidity of motion and stuff like that. So that's really interesting that they're they're taking that into consideration. Um, but yeah, the so the... I'm really... What I'm really interested to learn more about with this game is going to be the map design. Like I saw, there's some concept art out there. If you like, go look up uh, like Jack Frags and things like that. You can find concept art of the different maps that they revealed, and the maps look really cool. Like the 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 concept art of the maps. Like I'm anxious to see how those play out. I'm really anxious to see how this global operations comes together, and if it is something that keeps you engaged long term. Because the thing with operations now, I think it's really frustrating. Because like if it, the tide of war is not going in your favor, like it's just a pain in the ass to like come back it sounds like with this they have put some stuff in place that will allow you to not have that issue as much i don't know what exactly that's going to be but it sounds like it can i mean especially since it's like such a long-term battle right right at least an hour long of gameplay yeah maybe maybe they'll do something to where you're not you don't feel like you're wasting time sitting in there for like a full hour or two hours or whatever the the timeline will be but um yeah, I mean, there's, there's there's a lot of stuff to this, and I, I want to know this,
1: this really could revive Battlefield like in a big way, and hopefully that they'll carry if, if it is as great as I think it might be. I think I hope they'll carry it forward to like I, I'm pretty sure the next game will be present day. I feel like that's just where it's going. Yeah, we hit we hit World War One, we hit World War Two, and now we're gonna go like present day or maybe something like in the 90s. You know something like that, like Fallu- Not not Fallujah. Is it Fallujah? No, no, that was two thousand Desert Storm. Yeah, Iraq. Desert Storm. Thank you. Yeah, Kuwait. Something like that. Um, I don't know. I feel like this could be a big set for Battlefield, and the way they everything's played, like everything feels tighter, more of what I think it's been missing,
0: and I, I think people will enjoy it. I really want them to go back to about like Vietnam. Battlefield Vietnam was such a good game. <laughs> that yeah, that that too. That, yeah. that might be where they're going. I don't know. Maybe that makes sense for them to hit Battle. Uh, I mean, Vietnam. that would make sense if they go with Battlefield Six yeah. and they call it VI Vietnam VI. I mean, heck yeah, it's just setting itself up for perfection. So it's there. It's there. So Brett thought it was battle- Battlefield Vietnam, which I completely understand. Yeah. I just want anybody to make I wanted Call of Duty to make Battlefield Vietnam. I wanted them to make Battlefield Vietnam, but nobody will make that game. Bring it back. It was good. Yeah. All that freaking like intense like jungle warfare and like flying the Huey helicopter around and gosh, it was so good. So good. Um I think that's all we got, man. I think so too. Um so E3 is coming up very soon, so we're going to have a lot more uh, content in regards to that. Um, Stay so tuned. I'm sure they're going to have all kinds of like you know multiplayer videos and things of that nature. I don't know
1: if we're streaming yet, but we may be streaming. So follow us on Twitch at
0: twitch.com slash Twitch.tv slash Twitch, Yeah, that thing. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. I still don't know our social channels. No, just go to the intergamer.net. They're all there. They're just links. You just <laughs> click on them, and it'll take you to places. It's really cool. It's, really, it's like a new new technology that we it developed like that. Yeah, yeah. That concludes our discussion topic this week. If there's something you want to hear us talk about, please email us at hello at Also, don't forget to head over to youtube.com slash innergamer to watch clips of this discussion that are broken up into categories that are very digestible and easy to understand and share with your friends. Two, three, share four, on Twitter, on YouTube, on uh, Facebook, all those good things. If you're a Patreon subscriber at $3 or more per month, you get the entire discussion in video format in all of its glory and beauty and HD quality that's not quite 4K, but almost 4K. If you want to be Austin and say that you have a 4K monitor, we really have 2K. <laughs> just I like to, I like to for that. He's like, I'm just done. I'm done. I'm never I'm never I'm, never, I'm never, I'm never going to let you live that down. <laughs> never, ever. Never, ever. You're listening to. Looking forward to next week. Let's talk about our upcoming video game releases. We just had Detroit Become Human come out, which is like the big, big thing of the year. But we still have a few more. Not of the year, of the month. Sorry. Uh, I was like, dang, that's a bold statement. Know, right? But uh, coming up in June to launch, kick off the uh, month, we have three games that are going to be releasing. Three completely different titles. One of which is called Onrush, coming out on PS4 and Xbox One on June 5th. All of these are on June 5th, by the way. On Rush is a new breed of high-impact adrenaline field off-road racing arcade game. It's about speed, takedowns, and teamwork with high-tempo thrills that focus on fun, excitement, and the spectacular. So this is a game made by Codemasters, the ones that are known for Dirt um, and uh, the uh, Grid series and stuff like that. I've always loved their racing games, and this game looks bonkers. There's no like track or anything like that. You just kind of go wherever the hell you want and just like do crazy, s- stupid stuff. And it looks awesome. And the graphic is really nice. And I kind of want to play it. So I might buy it. That's the first game we got to talk about. The next game, we have Shaq Fu, A Legend Reborn. It's a fast-paced, dynamic, beat-em-up, combining modern and classic approaches to the genre. Coming out on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC on June 5th. The world is on the brink of disaster. Demonic celebrities have taken over the planet. Only one man can save us a poor Chinese orphan named Shaq Fei Hung. Our hero must travel to faraway locations to lay the smack down on these pop culture icons bent on our destruction. Will he triumph? Of course he will. It's Shaq. (laughs) That's that's actually pretty funny. And it's voiced by Shaquille O'Neal. So that's pretty cool. Um, And it's a fighting game. So it looks interesting. It was a Kickstarter project and it's coming out and it's, pretty wild last game we have is a game called vampire this is a game developed by the ones that made the original life is strange don't not entertainment this is a game that's set in 1918 london where you are nearly turned newly turned vampire dr jonathan reed as a doctor you must find a cure to save the city's flu ravaged citizens as the vampire you're cursed to feed on those you vow to heal Will you embrace the monster within, survive and fight against vampire hunters, undead skulls, and other supernatural creatures. Use your unholy powers to manipulate and delve into the lives of those around you to decide who will be your next victim. Struggle to live with your decisions. Your actions will save or doom London. So you fight and manipulate with these supernatural abilities. You feed to survive. So you have to be the savior and the stalker to decide, are you going to kill this person or are you going to save them? Um. And a web of interconnected citizens react to your decisions in the game so this looks uh, pretty interesting and i'm intrigued to see if it does really kick off well and succeed in the world of video games so that is don't nod entertainment's next title in the gaming i'm actually been looking forward to this stuff. for a while i have too because it was announced so hell yeah let's do hell it yeah so that is going to wrap up our show this week. If there's something that we know, there's nothing that we miss. We talk about everything that's awesome and under the sun. So you guys should just keep listening to it. That's, what, yeah, that's why us listen out to the Next Tuesday for more from your favorite video game podcast. If you visit the you can find our latest episodes, blogs, videos, and social channels. And if you like what you hear, please do go over to iTunes right now. Stop the car, pull over, go to your iTunes podcast app, leave us a review or tell a friend whichever comes first. If your friend's in the car, tell your friend and then leave us review or tell your friend to leave us review. And then you leave review as well as your friend. Then we have a patron. Right? That's a, that's, that's a lot, Brett. That's I lot know to do you should listen to Brett. He knows what he's talking about. We
1: also have a Patreon, which is a way for you, the viewer, our listeners to donate to the cause in order to bring you all the great content you want to see and hear even a dollar a month. Will help us keep this content coming to you every week. Plus, if you support us, we have some awesome rewards waiting for you, such as being a guest on the podcast, getting a free game every quarter, and getting some exclusive content along the way. So, head on over to theinnergamer.net and click donate. That is D O N A T E. Donate. Do. Nate. Do it, Nate. Do it now. Go. Donate and contribute to the new gamer cause. I'm awesome, Morales. Um. Brett WTF and <laughs> you listen to the Inner Gamer podcast. Thanks guys. We'll catch y'all next week. On the Flippy Flip. Check, 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 check this awesome mic check. Uh, you here now listening to the one and only video game podcast in Dallas, Texas. The Inner Gamer Podcast.
0: Shit up, Kenny.
1: <laughs> Actually went too bad.
0: I want to open my own, own, own park. You know, oh, that's terrible. <laughs> da, 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 da.
1: Recording now. Podcasting now. Gaming now. Oh, yeah now.